Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia for keeping our high praise of classic films afloat or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. Hun, that's a lie now. It's a lie. We do not look at a movie each and every week. No. No. Life has finally caught up with us. Yes. And we have, at least for the time being, because life decided to do this podcast bi-weekly yes. for a little bit, at least, to maybe get caught up. Uh, to catch our breath. To catch our breath. We're doing that thing podcasters do that annoys everybody that's like, oh, we need more time for other things. Because podcasting takes up so much time and you're all like, how could it possibly take up so much time? And it's like, actually, it takes up a fair bit of time. Yeah. It's more than just we especially sit down and turn on the mics for an hour and then done. Yeah. Like, especially with, you know, child to raise and jobs to work and life to just waves hands wildly in the air. <laughs> like, it, it's it's nice to know it's not just like we want to do this because it's fun, not because it's an obligation. Yeah. So it's just to kind of smooth out for a little bit. Yeah, we're going to pump the brakes to catch our breath, like I said. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it feels like when you were like last night, I was like, you want to watch the movie tonight? And I was like, yes. Yes, I do. Yes. Because like been a couple weeks and I was feeling really in the mood to watch classic movie from the 90s yeah and so this week we will be taking a look at romeo plus juliet which originally hit theaters back in 1996 did my heart love till now for swear at sight for i never saw true beauty till this night Romeo, I've felt death love and I'm faithfully. My heart's dear love is set on the fair daughter of rich Capulet. Man, not see me when you come by. Romeo! Thou art a villain sharing someone else's Tiny Stop! Tiny Stop! Romeo's loose Romeo, My only love sprung from my only hate. Romeo is Venice! Maybe they will murder you. Let them find me here. Leonardo DiCaprio, Claire Danes, in William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Uh, the year humanity peaked. So, October 1996. <laughs> I realized a lot of my favorite movies come from 1996. Some from 95, some from 97, 98. But, like, there's this, like, period from 95 to 98 
maybe 2000. Mm-hmm. I could maybe stretch it to 2000. And maybe we could line it up exactly where the Simpsons started going downhill too. But that's that's really where humanity as a whole kind of peaked. And now we're just stuck with bullcrap. Yeah, so anyway, we're, we're just spinning our tires. <laughs> October 6th, American country singer Faith Hill weds American country singer Tim McGraw. And I did not realize that they have a 16-year age gap. Oh, oh. Are they still together? I think so. Well, that's at least nice. I remember that being a big deal. Them, the two of them being together? Yeah. I she was only 20. She was 29 and he was 45. Oof. Ugh. Didn't know that. Speaking of old men, October 6th was also the first debate between Bob Dole and then President Clinton. Oh, Bob Dole doesn't need this. <laughs> Don't want to spend my rest of my presidency in a tube. Naked in a tube. Naked in a tube. So, okay. We should also point out the fact that recently Bob Dole did pass away. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but both of us, when Bob Dole passed away, <laughs> within seconds, we're looking for someone to have posted, Bob Dole doesn't need this. Bob Dole doesn't need this. <laughs> and we were not disappointed. No. Oh, it's because, and it's funny because we've been playing a zombie game. <laughs> Where are you some, going with this? Some, some friends of our own age. Uh-huh. And it is a lot of Simpsons quotes. A lot of Simpsons quotes, yes. That's a lot. And I blame the CBC. Yeah, no, that's fair. They used to show, what, two two episodes a day? Two a day. And then when you had time switch, you'd watch the same episodes twice a day. And then there was the CTV. And then apparently it's the same thing in Australia, which is why you get so many meme accounts from Australia and Canada about Simpsons memes, because literally it is all we grew up with. So just a heads up for people when why they might not realize why we quote The Simpsons so much, especially myself. I grew up in the, the middle. The Lord of the Rings episode has so many Simpsons quotes. I can't it. stop myself. It is a portion of my brain. I don't know if I've mentioned this. I think I have. I have two Simpsons tattoos. Yes. Because I'm a cool person. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. And... <laughs> It literally is like, I grew. You grew up at least in the city. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, no car. I grew up on the fringe of the city. But you were, I could I could get on a bus and it would take me places in the city. The closest place I could go was a dairy store, an hour walk from my house. It's a good place to go, though. Anyway, (laughs) I didn't have anything but the CBC. We also didn't get a ton of TV channels. I had the CBC and CTV and Global TV, and they played a ton of Simpsons. This isn't a podcast about the Simpsons. So anyway, on October 7th, Rupert Murdoch, the billionaire tyrant, launches Fox News with Roger Ailes as CEO. So again, peak of humanity and then downhill (laughs) as Fox News came out. See, like, because obviously another Simpsons reference for you there. How many more years do we need before we can do the the Simpsons movie on this podcast? It's like six more years. Do not tell me that movie is 14 years old. It cannot be 14 years old. I'm going to Google this right now. Simpsons movie. Oh, age. no, it can't I like be. I feel like it's like eight years old. No, it, did, it definitely came out. I remember seeing it came out before we were dating. I saw movie trailers been together for 12 years before like when i lived at my parents house again it was before we were dating and we've been together for 12 years this year five years 2007 uh yeah and october 14th lourdes leon american actress and director apparently who 
Madonna's daughter oh. was born in Los Angeles, California. I remember oh. that being a big deal. Madonna had her kid. I don't. I don't. I had never heard that name until you had said it just now. You never heard of Lourdes? Lourdes? Lords? Lords. Lord, 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 I don't know how to say Lord. It's a French. I am Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. No, it's no, L-O-U-R-D-E-S. Lourdes. She's named after a saint because Madonna's Catholic. And then uh, now she's not Catholic, but she was Catholic, which is why her name is Madonna. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, Please, someone who knows how to pronounce names that are dumb, write in. All right. <laughs> Lourdes. Lords? It might be Lords. I am Lord. She's a French saint. La, la, la. <laughs> it's a different show that we're ever seeing this time. Oh, God. The South Park movie we probably do. Oh, yeah. The South Park movie we could probably do. What year did that come out? I think that was 90s. That was like 98, I'm pretty sure it was the 90s. 99? And I remember everyone was like, oh, blame Canada. And they performed it at the Oscars and everything. And I was like, shut up. I, I was, I thought that uh, it was robbed that it didn't. 1999. 1999. Okay. Box office. October started out tense with the based on a true story, The Ghost in the Darkness, which premiered at 9.2 million. Also, we saw the bodies of those Savo lions. We did, yeah. Yeah, at the Field Museum in Chicago. Where there was when, that really big sign that was like, it was a different time. <laughs> no, no. The the Savo Lions were in a different spot. The oh, sign was yes. by the Lion Cubs that were stuffed yes. from 100 years ago. Yeah, because it was definitely a, a big sign that was like, it was a different time. Anyway, followed by the crime drama Sleepers at 12.3 million. And it was beaten after two weeks with Romeo and Juliet at 11.1 million. It was beaten a week later by the Mel Gibson vehicle Ransom at 34.2 million. That goes to show what a big star Mel Gibson was in 1996, that his name alone on a thriller brought in $34.2 million. I remember Ransom. Like I don't. I, I, I saw that on VHS. I've never seen it. The top movies of the year were Independence Day at 306.1 million. Previously viewed. Do we watch Independence Day already? Um no. no. No, we haven't done Independence Day. Twister at 241.7 and, and Mission Impossible at 180.9 million. Romeo and Juliet was 34th overall for the year at 46.3 million dollar dues. Well, there you go. Hun. Mm-hmm. Shall I talk about my memories of my sexual awakening? You're... Well, before <laughs> before we get into that, Park does not qualify. It was not number one at the box office. Oh, it did get nominated for an Oscar. But uh, uh, best yeah. song, but I mean, really if you count. can really push it, I mean, maybe there's a way that you can we can Austin Powers rule it. I actually checked to see if it the Titanic ruled it, but it does not Titanic. Oh uh, no! So that said, that said. Your, your sexual remember, awakening. I remember seeing commercials for this movie and seeing that scene where Leo kind of like walks by the camera and he kind of looks at the camera and his hair is all over his eyes. And like, have you seen those TikTok memes where it's like the Taylor Swift song and the wind's blowing and women are like, oh, that was me. That was me. And I was 11 years old. I was like, I am in love with this man. This man is my future husband. I would do anything for this man. Tell me more about this man. I am in love with this man. Okay. I, uh, so to answer your question, I do not know those TikTok memes. You don't know those TikTok memes? No. It's that uh, uh, see you and I don't remember the name. 
da, 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 burning it down. You know the song? I do know that song. Okay. Well, that song plays and a woman's wow, like, wow, the streams. Ah, ah. It might be. That's yeah. The song. Uh, yeah. And yeah. so it'd be like, sometimes it's like very typical where they're showing like the guy that you're like very much supposed to be like, this is the heartthrob in the movie. And sometimes it's like watching, I'm trying to think of watching this movie and it's supposed to be Leo. And then you're going crazy for Jamie Kennedy or some crap where it's a joke, right? Like, I where see, it's like I girls see. are like admitting to their weird crushes. I get it. Okay. You know what I mean? Does it make sense? That somewhat makes sense. Okay. So anyway, I was like, and there's like literally that scene. And then there's a scene where near the end after they're married, where it's like Romeo under the covers. And I was just like, oh, honey, you had the the vapors. I had the vapors. I was just like, (laughs) I'm, I'm in love. My 11 year old self literally was like, boys. This is the moment where I was like, this was the moment of boys for you boys. Mm -hmm. And I've been in love with Leo ever since. Yeah, I know, but I'm not a 23 year old supermodel. So he'd want nothing to do with me. Yeah. Too bad. I feel like one day he's going to pull a Clooney maybe in the next five years where he's going to actually like marry somebody age appropriate. He will not only marry someone who's slightly more age appropriate, but she's going to be like an environmental lawyer because he's a big environmental like advocate. Mm -hmm. He's like, very much like all social media is just promoting environmentalism. He that's why he did Don't Look Up. Like he is a big environmentalist, and yeah, you know, at the same time he's globe trotting with beautiful women. But whatever, he is going to meet. So George met Amal, who's a human rights lawyer, and he was like, "This woman is amazing." Leo is going to meet some environmental rights lawyer, and he's going to be like, "This woman is amazing." Supermodels. Be gone. I'm marrying this woman and having babies. Or he's going to marry that bear that he slept in in that one movie. Wasn't that? Is it a bear that he slept in? I don't remember. He doesn't sleep in it. He eats a buffalo. I remember that. Anyway. (laughs) So loved it. I just and I remember renting it on VHS and Oh, it was like the hot movie for all the teen girls when it came out on VHS where we all saw it at like sleepovers and we were all in love with Leo. But I was the most in love with Leo. Uh, As I mentioned in Titanic, I had the posters all over my room. Anything Leo was like, Leo. Mm -hmm. And went to the video store, made my mom always rent me everything he was in. Was he in Gilbert? Great. Basketball Diaries. Marvin's Room. There was others, but I don't remember. Those were the three that I remember. And yeah, it was just like, get it, get it. <laughs> okay. The rest of the movie was great too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but <laughs> that was like, as a, you're, we're talking memories here. I just remember like, <laughs> boom. I feel like this should be a different podcast and it shouldn't be with your husband. It should be with another girl and at least two bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Again, can I just say, watching this movie now? Put your hands where I can see them, please. Watching this movie now, I will say, as someone who is soon to be what would be considered my late mid thirties, mm-hmm. possibly early late thirties, he was like twenty when this was made. And like I see him now, and I'm like, he looks like a fetus. He looks like a baby. Objectively, I'm like, yes, he is an attractive young man. 
Would I actually want to sleep with him? No. That is not age appropriate for me. Does it make sense? Like looking back at it now, it's just being like, I have, there was just that like moment of like, oh, he's beautiful. I was just like, objectively, I can understand. Yes, he's an attractive young man. But I feel nothing in that sense. I see. It's. There's no tingle in your dingle. No, it's. It, <laughs> I I think I I thought I'd be disappointed by that, but I think I was more relieved because again, he was too young for me, and I am not um, Leo, where I date people who are too young for me. I think you just had your car wash and bring it on moment. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's exactly what I felt watching that movie. Was this is not. A good thing. <laughs> we are too old for this. This is no longer age appropriate for me. Yeah. yeah. It's weird how your brain does that. It changes like, context. Yeah. It's things. like, I just like, we just watched the Witcher and I'm pretty sure Henry Cavill is older than us. He's, I think he's like our age. Hon. What have we done with our lives? I know. But anyway, no qualms being attracted to that, but like, I get it. Um, I know all the girls are hot for Harry Styles these days, and I'm like, mm, he's he's too young. I mean, good for Olivia Wilde if that's what floats her boat, because she's younger than we are. But at the same time, like, mm, it's too young for me. As for myself, yeah. <laughs> Please do not say anything untoward about Claire Danes because she was a minor. I oh, no, I have nothing untowards to say about. She was Claire only Danes. seventeen. I I do recall that. Uh, you made the comment about how looking at Leo, you were like, oh, what a baby face. You know, what a baby this this baby is. I didn't feel that for Leo in this movie. And I feel like that's because we just also watched Titanic. He looks old. He like the it's a year's difference in release. But yeah. He looks a lot older in Titanic than he does in this. Yeah. Uh, but that might be on purpose. Maybe, maybe. But either way, it was still like. I don't know if it was that version of Leo was fresh in my mind or what. So I didn't really think too much about it. Claire Danes looking at Claire Danes. That was like, this is a, this is a fetus. This is. Yeah. Like she looks like a baby. And the thing is, and we, we talked about it, originally they were going to go with Natalie Portman, who was only 14 at the time. Yes. Which is accurate to the story. Well, almost because Juliet's 13 in the story and uh, like in the original and, uh, I just, I'm like, yeah, even then, like, sh Claire has a couple topless scenes in this, and you don't see anything, no. but, like, eee. Yeah, I, uh, when I remembered that that, that happened, and I was like, mm. <laughs> it was like, I, I'm pretty sure you don't see anything, but still. You don't see anything, but it's like, ooh, that's still. And the thing is, like, I know myself at 17, myself at 17, and this does not qualify for everyone at 17 mm -hmm. like i'm not being like well just because i would be fine with it when i was 17 if they were like yes you're a beautiful young woman who is 17 would you like to get naked for leonardo dicaprio i would have been like when and where <laughs> right now done so i mean like from what i've heard she had quite the crush on him on set so she's probably okay with it. really because i was reading a thing that they didn't like each other so at first oh i see at, at first, first. Oh, they okay. didn't get along at first and then she but how could you not at 17 develop crush on 90s Leo? I mean, no one. 
could escape his charms. If you were under 30. <laughs> right, I say okay. under 30. Okay. Shall we talk about the actual movie? Sure, no, I haven't even said my memories. Oh, I yeah. haven't said a single memory okay, about this movie. Go for it. I remember not giving a shit about this movie when it came out. Because it was Romeo and Juliet, and I was in the sixth grade. I had no, no desire to see this. And the only reason I saw it, and because I didn't see it in theaters, and I didn't rent it, was because in grade eight, we did Romeo and Juliet as Shakespeare, and we watched this in class. I think I think the only reason we did Romeo and Juliet was so that they would be like, well, well, you can watch the movie and then they'll at least understand it more. <laughs> and then, oh, but, but when we did Romeo and Juliet in high school, which mm-hmm. I think for my curriculum, because our curriculums are different despite being only a year apart. Yeah. I think we did it in grade 10 was Romeo and Juliet. And we watched the teacher was like, and you know, and blah, blah, blah. Reward for is we will watch Romeo and Juliet. And like, of course, all the girls were like, oh, yay. And then we watched the 1968 version. Oh, uh, <laughs> I think I we watched, were all very upset. I think we watched both. No, we didn't. Yeah, yeah, I, I like, wish. I think we watched both. I remember also getting to watch Macbeth. I was a big like I liked Macbeth. Macbeth's cool. It's when spooky. it came when it came down to like my Shakespeare, Macbeth was where it was at for me. I saw I saw Macbeth at, at Stratford. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I saw re- as you like it at Stratford. I distinctly remember the dude coming running off from the side of the the uh you know, coming off from stage left or whatever, holding a severed head. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. it no, was what it I was, would say right? out of Shakespeare stuff that I have read, which obviously isn't all of it. I, I'd say the one that like, I, I think looking back most fun is Twelfth Night. Yeah. Yeah. Twelfth Night. I remember liking Twelfth Night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. It's very funny. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking. We're talking tragedies. about this movie specifically. I have seen it again. I swear it was with you and Probably. you say it was not when I, when I mentioned, I know it to I you. watched it at our old apartment. That's which, what, I, that's where I remember seeing it. So we probably did watch it. You know what? I probably I definitely, watched it once with you and once by myself is yeah. really what it comes down to. Cause I definitely would not have sought the movie out to watch on I've my own. Easily watched this movie 10 times. I watched it not that long ago when it was on Netflix and now it's not on Netflix. And now I own it digitally because I was like, screw it. I buy it. For, I had a coupon. <laughs> he had a coupon. Yes. So, so yeah, yes. I definitely watched it in the last I'd say, two I, years. Well, you too. said it yourself. You said I'm shocked that we didn't already own this. I thought we did. Yeah. So I think the only reason we hadn't bought it is because it was on Netflix for a long time. And now it's bedtime. Now it's bedtime. I'm now an old lady. <laughs> well, we better get on with it then. So getting into the movie itself. Well, I was gonna say I love how because the the original play sets up with the the opening of like. Our two star-crossed lovers, blah, blah, blah. They set it up as a new story. Because this movie, that's one of the things. It is a modern... It, it's not it's a like, modern take, yeah. It's not even like a modern take of Romeo and Juliet, where they take the Romeo and Juliet story and make it something different, like West Side Story. But this is like dialogue is word for word. Yeah. Like, which is pretty crazy to us for, for what it is. Like, you'll see like updated Romeo and Juliet in like the theater, but like actually do it word for word in the original Shakespearean. Yeah. Like even in a lot of cases, like they'll do, they'll do the actual play, but they change the words. Yeah. Like, like they'll update, they'll do Macbeth and it'll be, they'll, they'll change the language. Yeah. So So the language is more easily understood Yeah, because it is in a different version of English than we speak now. 
it's close, but it's not the same mm-hmm. because language is ever evolving. That's right. Yeah, we should watch something that like. No, I don't even think because Green Knight came out recently and that's based on some of the old Canterbury tales, but that's an old English and that's not English. That's different. That's a completely mm. different language. Right. Uh, I still want to watch that. Right. So, yes, modern. I love the news intro. That was a really cool way. to. It was it. a great framing device mm-hmm. because they they did and they do the same at the end as well. They they, they frame it as a news report. Yeah. And and I thought that, that like, that's one thing I really like, too, is is throughout the film stuff like asides that uh, you know and like a narrator character yeah. would be delivered via something that made sense like the news yeah so yeah that was all really well done and i like how they update something like the prince character the prince is now the captain of, yeah, prince is the chief of police, of police. Or, well not like, chief well, here he's in charge yeah yeah like he's the captain of police whatever he is but like they all the the rapiers and daggers are all name brands of sorts yeah, or a, or right, the, name the, brands of guns the sword yeah <laughs> gun yeah all, all the guns are named after swords so when they say things like my dagger and my sword it still makes sense yeah like yeah, are you updates, brandishing your sword at me yeah. yeah but like so we see or the the montague crew roll up and i'm just like oh my god what a bunch of losers <laughs> very quickly very quickly there's a lot of like weird fast cuts in this movie oh it's baz lerman okay yeah so can we yes let's talk about the the baz lerman of it all you've seen moulin rouge i have not seen moulin rouge and every time we talk about moulin rouge when did i think it came out in 2002 we're watching we are going to watch moulin rouge i don't care if it applies to this rule or not but we're watching moulin rouge and we don't have to do, you know, what we should do for the podcast because, because it's like part of the the Red Curtain trilogy and blah 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 blah. But like, two thousand one. Oh, we could do it. Was it number one at the box office though? That's the important question. Or did it have some sort of? It won two Oscars. Uh, best art direction, best costume design. It was nominated for best picture. I'd say it counts. Uh, we'll look into it. By the way, do you know what beat South Park? At the box office, which which means that this is the movie. The movie, if we were to do, counts. Wild, wild west. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, yeah, no Moulin Rouge. I have not seen Baz Luhrmann of it all. You okay. said the Red Curtain trilogy. What's the other movie? Uh, Simply Ballroom, which is his first movie. I haven't seen that either. So. Baz Luhrmann is Australian. Yes, but like one of his things, especially at the Moulin Rouge, is the same. The beginning of the movie, they get high on absinthe in Moulin mm-hmm. Rouge. And Kylie Minogue is the green fairy. And it's fucking wild. It's just like, and John Leguizamo like is that Minogue. too. John Leguizamo plays Toulouse Trek. In Moulin Rouge. In Moulin Rouge. Okay. Well, he's Tybalt in this. He's, yes. That's why I was like, that's not his name in this movie. No, he's Tybalt in this. Yes. He's Juliet's cousin. So anyway, and it's all the, the spinning fast cuts. You are, things are wild. Go, go, go. Trippy. Ah, tour like and i love it mm-hmm. i i remember that the movie had a bit of the like that but like it goes on longer than i remember it definitely and yeah it was definitely Moulin a Rouge lot is also the same as that it starts out very like and then it as the story progresses it slows down mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah anyway Anyway, <laughs> I guess we know what episode we're gonna watch at some point. It's 67. So good. So good. But uh, 
the Capulet crew is by far the cooler crew, but that might be because John Leguizamo is Tybalt. I love John Leguizamo. There's some interesting wardrobe choices in this movie. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, and like one of the things in the original text is Tybalt's sword play style is very flamboyant. Yes. So the So him dressed very flamboyant. Well, not and his way of gunplay is like they actually like the choreographer they base it on flamenco dancing. Mm-hmm. So it is, it makes sense. And like, they're two mafia families, right? The Capulets and the Montagues. And so that's why they're warring families is two warring mafia families. And that's why they're so violent mm-hmm. in like modern day Verona beach, which I thought was a real place for a long time. <laughs> Cause then I was confusing it with Venice beach. Of course. Well, I think that's what they were kind of going yeah. for. Yeah. But they show up at the gas station and the whole thumb biting thing. We thought we were so cheeky when this movie came out to be like, I bite my thumb at you. Do you bite my your thumb at me, sir? I do bite my thumb. Do I bite my thumb at you, sir? You huh. sound like a real cool girl. <laughs> I was not. If you if you were to go up to someone today and be like, I bite my thumb at you, sir. I can't. I'm wearing a mask. That's the thing that you can say to some, you know, some Karen giving you shit in line at the grocery store. Ooh. I bite my thumb at you, madam. And have her just be like, what? <laughs> yeah. But that whole scene in yeah. the gas station, they're thumb biting and the shooting. And okay. Did oh. you also not know? Did you notice that the dude during that scene, that Tybalt like full on shoots a dude. He and, shows up later. He's got a bandage on his arm, but he had, there's really no real, like, like that guy seems to be like, cool. Like outside of the bandage, he's pretty cool with it all. This is the world they live in. Oh, Besides, yeah. They're, they're already like. He just shrugs it off. He's probably on a lot of drugs. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. They, it's a very meth fueled, cocaine fueled thing. But then one of the things that. And she has been cast in other versions of this, but not in this. Rosalind, who Romeo was originally in love with. It's an unrequited love. Yeah. That's why they're going to the party is because he wants to see Rosalind because she's a cousin of Juliet. So mm-hmm. she's a Capulet. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're going to go to the party and Mercutio gets the tickets. And then immediately he sees Juliet. And he's like, Rosalind? Who? Was Rosalind in the movie? No, she's not. She's think, not yeah. seen in the original play. That's what I thought. There have been plays and such since where they have cast Rosalind here and there. Or like what co- plays where it's like, what comes after what the families do? So Rosalind has played a role there and she has been cast in other films and such, but she's never seen in the original. She's not seen in this. Mm-hmm. She's just mentioned. And there's lots of different theories on Rosalind, whether, because originally she, Romeo loves her, but she's like, I put my family first and I won't do the doot doot before marriage and I won't get physical. Mm-hmm. And he's like considering that unrequited love. But the way he talks about Rosalind versus the way he talks about Juliet, there's a maturity change mm-hmm. and that he becomes more mature when he's talking about his love for Juliet. But it's like there's lots of theories of like, did Shakespeare start writing the play earlier? And then as he wrote it later, his language had evolved. Is it, you know, it's showing that Romeo is matures when he falls in love with Juliet? Or is it just look at this friggin' teenage boy. He was in love with this chick, sees another chick, falls in love with her instead, and it's just away with the other one. That seems more accurate to a teenage boy. does. Yeah, definitely. Because remember, this whole play, people are like, oh, it's romantic, blah, blah. No, I'm like, no, it's about two teenagers who fuck everything up. Yeah. That's all it is, because teenagers are impulsive and stupid. I know. I love it. I know. If it was me, 
and I was like, oh, I love that girl, but she doesn't love me. And then some other girl gave me the time of day. I would completely flip <laughs> yeah, who right? I was after. So especially if it was Claire Danes when you're like that age, right? But anyway. Yeah, when I'm that age, important note. Important yeah, note. that note. <laughs> but they show up and that's another thing. So I saw this not long after I saw or not long before, to Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, who John Leguizamo is in as well. Yes. That was my first introduction to drag. Which is interesting because of this movie as well. Mercutio shows up in drag. Yes. And like, just like, again, 11, 12 year old me was just like, wow. What is going I on love here? It. Yeah. It's so, he's so fun and free and wild. And like, I was all about it. And, uh, so it's just like the glitter and the wig and the whole thing, a body glitter. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I was saying. When they go to the party and it's, oh, and I totally forgot about the whole part where they just get high as shit at the party. Yeah. Yeah. There's They're on ecstasy for sure. Yeah. Well, that's, he's got the pill and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. It's a hundred percent ecstasy. Yeah. So not that they had ecstasy back in 1597, but. No. Well, I mean, what, what they, they would just be drunk in the original. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, so it was just like, was like, oh, right, they got high. That's why Romeo was off dunking his head, because he was like, oh, shit, I got to come down. Yeah. I'm tripping balls, man. Yep, a lot of a lot of ball tripping. Do you notice all the costumes kind of represent who they are as people? Yeah, like the, the emperor costume, the knight, the angel, et cetera, et cetera. Tybalt the devil. Tybalt the devil, yep. I like Tybalt. I mean, he was just defending his family. But he's the villain of the blah, 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 et cetera, yeah. et cetera. I just love John Locusamo. Yeah. He's great. He is great. Uh, you know who else is great? Yes. Pete Postlewise. Yes. So he's the friar slash father in this one, even though they say friar because the dialogue is still original, but they call him father. Did you know he is the only actor in this entire movie who speaks in iambic pentameter. Yes, because I read that in the IMDb trivia. I knew that beforehand. But anyway, <laughs> not to be like brag, brag. Yeah, I win. But yeah, and you could hear the difference in, because it's like the beat of the heart, right? His tone is beat, 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 ba dum, ba dum, ba dum. And no one else speaks like that. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, was that a choice by the director? Or was that because he's been in lots of Shakespearean plays and he's like, no, no. This is how it's done. This is how you speak Shakespearean plays. Yeah. So this is how the, the poetry and the prose are done. Do you want to know another thing that will make you feel old? Mm. I was also in the IMDb trivia for this movie. Because you know how like people put in trivia, like, like it's really profound when it's like, this person was also in this movie with this person. Mm, yeah. Pete Postlewaite was in Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. I know. Which came out in 2010. I thought that movie like it, like three it, years it, ago. Yeah. It feels like that movie came out three years ago and it was 12 years ago. Time is cruel. <laughs> I don't care for it. Uh, um, speaking of things that have not aged well, when they're they're at the beach after the, the party, Leo's fallen in love with Sorry, Romeo's fallen in love with Juliet. Juliet's fallen in love with Juliet. We have our whole romance scene in the pool and the whole thing. Blah, uh -huh. blah, We all know that happens. I want to get into some of the other nitty gritty. They're at the beach. Yes. And Tybalt shows up. 
And Leo's like telling his buddies, he's like, I'm in love. They were like, where did you go? Why have you not had dinner with your father? And mm-hmm. he's all like, I fell in love with thine enemy, blah, blah, blah. And you see a storm rolling in. And it's like the same storm effect as the craft. Yeah. <laughs> did you notice that? Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> I was well, like, ooh. Well, I also like, like there's a few scene sequences in, in that whole bit where like the clouds in the sky clearly do not match the shadows on not the even a little bit yeah it's just like that really crappy like storm effect from 1996 the one that's like mortal kombat has and stuff yeah it's like <laughs> the exact same effect and i was just like we have seen this effect several times in this podcast now yeah it does not look good it still does not look good no no, no. why did tybalt wear velvet to the beach i just feel like that's a bad choice he was probably wearing velvet to whatever he was doing beforehand and it just so happened that he's like oh i was really hoping he'd have been not at the beach at, <laughs> not at the beach at some restaurant but but really really if he knew who he was after then and these people have already tibble's already been told if he gets in more trouble and same with um what's uh benvolio yeah they've both been told if you guys get in crap again that's it you forfeit yeah. your life like and then tibble shows up and he's just like i'm gonna pull my gun yeah. And he's like, Tibble, you are going to get yourself banished? Yep. Doesn't. He ends up getting himself he dead. Gets himself dead. But Romeo tries to do the right thing. He's like, look, you know, you are we're family now. I'm not going to fight you. I have to love you. We're family. Like, mm-hmm. he's trying to bridge the gap between their families. And then poor Mercutio gets murdered. Yes. Well, the thing is, is he doesn't. He, he's like, I'm trying to bridge the gap, but p- provides no information on why he's trying to bridge. No, the gap. No, he says like, we, we are thy name and love and blah blah blah. Like he is. Saying he, he's he's saying in very Shakespearean language. Yeah, but he doesn't just straight up go, "I married your cousin." Because that's not how Shakespeare works. <laughs> I am aware, but. It, it, he would have saved everybody some problems if yeah. he had just turned around and said, I married your cousin. <laughs> yeah. But, and then it's like, oh, it's but a scratch. Tis but a scratch. Yeah. And it's like, tis not but a scratch. You are dead. It did still look like a scratch. A plague on both. Such houses. a good line, eh? I really do enjoy that line. It's just very like, that is a sick burn that has held up for 530 years. Yeah, no kidding. Like, that's a great one. I forgot it was in this until he said it. You know what? Like, same. Yeah. Same. For some reason, I had in my head that it was for some reason from Hamlet. And it's like, that makes sense. Play on both your houses. It's two warring houses. Yeah. Like, of course it's this. What? There's a lot of, like, sweet sorrow and all that. There's a lot of, like, lines to this. I say movie. I was like, no, it's from the original play, Dum Dum. Well, it's funny because one of the things that happened is when when Romeo and Juliet are getting married, the very first thing that the friar says is, "These violent delights have violent yes." Ends. And we were both like, "Westworld." We're both like, "Westworld." Let's Forgot watch Westworld. Yeah, yeah. But actually, I, I do have a note about the wedding that we skipped over. I, oh I yes, please, please, please. So. Please. There is a lot of modern music interpreted into the film. Like, obviously, there's a Prince song being sung during one sequence. Well, the song that they sing. Doves Cry. Yeah, Doves Cry, yes. But the song that they sing during the actual wedding is Everybody's Free to Feel Good. That song, or at least a cover of that song, is used during the intro of season two of The Venture Brothers when Brock Sampson is trying to get Dr. Venture to come back after the boys have been killed. So all I could think about was 
Brock Sampson dragging Dr. Venture back after he like out of the nightclub being like, I met a I met a woman. We're in love. We're gonna have a child. <laughs> like, this whole... I just now I want to watch the Venture Brothers. And I was talking about Venture Brothers the other day. I it really made me want to watch the Venture Brothers. That's it really did. It's such a good show. So yeah, Roman and Juliet made me want to watch the Venture Brothers. But getting back to Mercutio's death, my favorite shot in the entire movie is when Mercutio has died and Romeo does his cries of sadness. His friends console him. He gets up, fights his way to the car, fights his friends off from from stopping him to go to go after Tybalt, gets in the car and drives away. And this is all one long shot that Mm -hmm. goes for like a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. It was great. I loved it. Like the way it was framed. It was like my favorite part of the entire movie was this, this long shot. Like just, it was powerful to watch it. It was like, I really, really liked it. Yeah. 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 And you, you see Leo's acting chops even at a young age, but did you know, having read that IMDb trivia that when Tybalt's car flips, the stuntman in the car was almost horribly injured when the roll cage broke. I, I did see that, yes. So anyway, yeah, and uh, was a little to see Tybalt perish, but of course we need him to perish to advance the plot of Romeo being banished from Verona, which is, okay, so I kind of had this moment where I was like, man, remember when Ban- like I don't obviously remember but like banishment from like because it's Verona like he even said the, the line is the walls of Verona like you know, cities were walled cities like yeah. we got banished you were literally kicked out of the city and you could not get back in because there was a wall around the city mm-hmm. like you are out I was like man what a hardcore crack because like if you were like you could go to another city but you have to establish yourself in another city or you're out in the middle of nowhere with like no security and stuff banishment big deal people still get banished do you know where banishes actually a fair bit of people georgia oh yeah like the states georgia not the like eastern european block country oh no i thought you were talking about eastern european block no no georgia united states has banished 500 people since like the 1998 or something like that really i'm glad you looked this up because i would have been like that's not something that happens anymore yeah it super does and it it is one of those things that's like meant to be like you are causing a disturbance in your community. You're not allowed in your community anymore. You're banished. You're see, banished. See, that makes sense in that context. I feel like you wouldn't get banished for killing a dude anymore. No. <laughs> no. But it is the most p- common place it happens. And there's a county, Houston County in Georgia, where it has not unheard of to this day. Um, and there are a few that Mississippi does it sometimes. But yeah, being banished is actually still a punishment that you might find yourself in if you misbehave. Do they still call it banishment? Yeah, yes, I think. Hmm. Exile is another, you've been exiled. Basically just told, hey, get out of here. You're not welcome here anymore. We don't like your kind. Mm -hmm. We don't Mm -hmm. like your, we don't take kindly to you around these parts. That's the one I want. Uh Yeah. Okay, so Um, Tybalt dies. We don't talk about Tybalt. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Tybalt. I mean, again, he was the devil. Oh, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. What? So we don't talk about Tybalt. We don't talk about Bruno. 
Oh, I get it. Because, yeah, John Leguizamo plays Bruno. See, somebody, I hope somebody got that. Somewhere, somewhere. But then we get to our romantic nudie scene where they're in bed and, you know, they're a married couple and they love each other. But Romeo's like, I gots to go. Mm -hmm. And Juliet's like, I'm mad he killed my cousin, but I love him. Yeah, she's like, she has this whole speech about like, can I forgive him for killing my cousin? And then he walks through the door and she's like, oh, shit, hi. Like, yeah. like, like she, yep, forgiven. She's dickmatized. Yeah. <laughs> Look, <laughs> it happens. But yeah, and then her mom shows up and she's like, Lady Capulet's like, yo, guess what? Your dad's coming. You're marrying Paris on Thursday. And they don't know her da- their daughter's married. And then right. she's like, no. Uh, yeah, okay, again. No thanks. Again, another situation where a teenager could have said, I've married someone and it would have solved way more problems I, than it created. Do you really think it would have solved her problem? At this point? I mean. No. Well, no. Like, okay, so obviously he he murdered Tybalt. Self-defense, Tybalt. I don't no, know. No, it was like. more of a revenge. Killing. It was. It was very revenge killing. But you know, she's like, I don't want to marry Paris. Well, why? Because I already married someone else. Like that's not going to solve problems, but it's going to give a bit more context to yeah, why it's, she. It's actually refuses. Probably, it's going to solve one problem, but invite a whole host of other problems. She still get kicked out of the family just for something different. Yeah, but like I'm like. Remember when I was and like Paris just seems like a big dumb idiot. And I'm like, but I now because at, at the time when this came out, it was 96. Like Paul Rudd wasn't a big star. Oh He'd done God. Clueless and Halloween Curse of Michael Myers. Like Paul Rudd was just happy to be there. Do you like, know his that, character is just like, hey, I read hey, the everybody. trivia. I yeah. read the trivia that when they were finishing up filming, Paul Rudd and Leo were partying and Leo was like, yeah, I'm in talks for this movie about the Titanic. And Paul Rudd being a big fan of the Titanic stuff was like, do it, do it, do it. So well, there you go. Thanks, we, Paul Rudd. We might have Paul Rudd to thank for Leo being Jack. So but yeah, also, but I hated him in this movie. I hated Paris. It was like, we all did. All the girls hated Paris. <laughs> now all the girls love Paul Rudd, but in this movie, we all hated So Paris. do you hate him now? You still no, hate him? I didn't like it? Paris in this still. He was, was like, like a completely oblivious to absolutely everything. Yeah, he was in the play too. He's just like, I get to marry Juliet into this big successful family. But the family's like successful because of their mafia shit. He has no clue, clearly. Well, they have, you know, fronts that are... yeah. But then also, so they, I do like that the mail company is called Post Haste. Yeah, I did enjoy that. Yes. Post Haste Delivery. Which still didn't work out so great. Okay. This is something also I thought was very funny. So they go, they go to deliver the letter and he's not there. He's out back hitting rocks. He's out back hitting rocks. Yeah, he looked hit, over and you what, were laughing. But what is he hitting rocks for? To show that he has nothing else going on. He's living. I like that it's a trailer park he's living in in yeah. the desert. That was pretty great. And he's just out there hitting, hitting rocks. rocks. It was a delight. And then, like the male person didn't even like. You would hear someone hitting rocks. You think they'd look over behind, like kind of just lean over and be like, "Hey, you Romeo?" Yeah. They just pan over slightly. Like yeah, he's not, he's not that like far, far away. away. He's like 20 feet away. And you would have heard him hitting rocks yeah. with a two by four. The male person should have been like, hey, yeah. this your trailer? Hey, rock guy. <laughs> yeah. 
all the pro- where for art thou Romeo. <laughs> this is where we start to get into the I don't want to say comedy of errors, but there is just like the chain of communication breaks down right away because priest is like if I fake if you fake being dead, you won't have to marry Paris. We'll send word to Romeo. He'll know that you're not actually dead. You guys get to be together. Everybody wins. But the chain of communication breaks down immediately. The male guy sucks. Romeo's out hitting rocks. Juliet doesn't do anything to try and make sure this is going to go right. Whatever. And it's still, and I mentioned this to you last night of the movie, this play is over 500 years old. I have read this play. I have, I'm pretty sure I've acted out a scene in this play in drama class I back in high school. I've watched this movie at least 10 times. I've watched that 1968 version. I've watched other adaptations of this story. This is not going to change. And I still am like, maybe this time Mm. Romeo will get there in time to know that she's not dead and they'll live. Like that can't happen. The whole point is they die. That is the whole point is that they're star crossed lovers. They cannot win. They die. But maybe this time. I, I will admit watching it. I had the same moment when she like reaches up and take and like, touches, touches his, his hand face. as he's drinking the poison, and it was like, <gasps> did, no, he, did she save him in time? Yes! No, no, she did and not. That's, you could tell it's effective because like you know what's gonna happen. Yeah, we know how this story ends, and we still both of us were like, but maybe this time. Yeah, and then she uses his dagger to shoot herself in the head. head which is like the like did they also did that drug also like dehydrate the shit out of her because nothing comes out of her there's i mean obviously stylized, I, I, stylized there's indeed. blood on leo's face it looks like somebody sprayed him with a spray bottle <laughs> like bad cat you know to like, be fair sometimes when you shoot yourself in the head it doesn't always exit it actually does more damage but they had this they showed an exit there was an exit wound on her head. I know. But I get what you're going for, but there should in, in I mean, I know stylized movies. It is you, this might be a hyper stylized. Oh my god, the big neon crosses and everything. That's one the thing giant I, Jesus. The the neon crosses is one of the things I remember about this movie more than anything. Really? Yeah. Like when I think of this movie, I think of neon crosses. You know what I think of? And big Hawaiian hearts. shirts. Yeah, I can see that. There's a lot of Hawaiian shirts in this movie. A and lot. somehow it looks, it makes me want a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? No one, needs terrible. A no one needs a Hawaiian shirt. No one. Not anybody in Hawaii. Well, maybe them. They can pull it off. Can I, every, remember that episode of South Park where Butters goes to Hawaii and they're like, we're native Hawaiians and they're not. They're oh, just white yeah, yeah. people they're, who moved there like six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, to tech support, and it's some woman named like Karen Jones in Hawaii, and I'll be like, you know, customer service, how can I help you? And she's like, Oh, aloha, aloha, <laughs> and I'm just like, you're not Hawaiian. Your name is Karen. You grew up in Connecticut. Mm. Stop it. <laughs> they all do it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Amazing, amazing. Anyway, on that note. The very bloodless death. We, we close our story in Verona Beach. Yeah. And our story uh, comes to an end. Our story comes to an end. And we get into 
the end of our thoughts on this movie. But in 1996, critics had their own thoughts on this movie. So Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? So this movie currently holds a 73% critical approval rating and a 77% audience approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Rita Kempley of the Washington Post said, Traditionalists are sure to despise the psychedelic tunes and the flashy sets of this audacious adaptation, but she ranked it very highly. Mm -hmm. But her review is... I read more of it. It was basically... Old fuddy-duddies won't like it because it's not old and fuddy-duddy Shakespeare. Right. Peter Travers of the Rolling Stone said... Lerman and his two bright angels have shaken up a 400-year-old play without losing its touching, poetic innocence. And Roger Ebert said, I have never seen anything remotely approaching the mess that is the new punk version of Romeo and Juliet (laughs) makes of Shakespeare's tragedy. The mess. I like that. Yeah. So again, Rita's review was picked specifically because of Roger Ebert's review. Uh It was nominated for quite a slew of awards. Mm. It was nominated for an Oscar for Best Set Direction, but the English Nation won. MTV Movie Awards. Now, this is where a movie like this really shines. Oh, I bet. And I always bring up the MTV Movie Awards when it qualifies mm-hmm. because, again, this is something we're like, when I was, from the age of like 10 to 17, I would say the only award show that mattered to me was MTV Movie Awards. Claire Danes won for Best Female Performance, and it was nominated for Best Movie, Best Male Performance, Best On-Screen Duo, Best Song, and Best Kiss. What best was movie- Best Song? Oh, it was Machine Head from Bush, from Fear. Oh, I meant like, what was the song in this oh, movie? Oh, uh, Kissing You. Uh, which part? Sade. I'm kissing you. Uh, it's placed during the, the party. Okay. When they first oh, meet. Oh, I see. Okay. Best movie went to Scream. Tom Cruise won for best male performance. Best duo was Sean Connery and Nick Cage. And best kiss was Independence Day with Will Smith and Vivica Fox. Overall, it was nominated for 29 nominations with 15 wins. <gasps> there you go. Frantic. Frantic. Well, Laura, it was your movie, your pick. What'd you think? Double butter. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I was a little worried because it's been a couple of years. But I'm like, no, I've watched this a lot pretty sure it's gonna hold up i love Baz Luhrmann's style especially these movies because they're just they're not like anything else and they're wild and frantic for a section of the movie but they don't maintain that wild frantic like through the whole thing which is good because as the story evolves so does the pacing which is great it's it takes a tragedy and adds a lot of fun to it the actors are all very charismatic and well done it takes dialogue that has not and really was never vernacular because like Shakespeare, Shakespeare made up a ton of words mm-hmm. too. Right. Like, but it still comes across as easy to understand what's happening because of the performances and the movie and the pacing and everything. And it's a really fun way to absorb Shakespeare. And I would love to see another Shakespearean movie done like this. Not so much a modern interpretation, but using the original text as well. Using the original text, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like doing something just like bonkers with it. There you go. A2 Brutus. <laughs> you were really worried when we finished this movie what I what I thought of this. You were like, he hated it. He hated it. 
I didn't hate it. Oh, good. But I didn't love it. Oh. So I'm, I'm giving this a plane. That's fair. I think it is it, it, as an adaptation of Shakespeare. I think it's very, very good in the sense of the it, it, the adaptation does it favors in the modern contextualization makes it easier to swallow. If that sounds correct to you. Mm-hmm. And and I think for that reason, it does it like it. it it succeeds in what it sets out to do, but like, I don't know. I would never be like, "Hey, Romeo and Juliet, seek that out, everyone." Therefore, I, I'm giving it a plane. Well, that's fair. So that's fair. So there you go. All right. <laughs> that's what I thought of the movie. I really liked that shot on the beach with Ted Mercutio. I thought it was cool. Poor Ted Mercutio. And and as I said, the, the I still felt like <gasps> so there you go. The, yeah, that, that, that the fact scene, that you could still swing that yeah. after 500 years is uh as props right there. Yeah. That, it was a powerful powerful bit. But that will do it with the, with those scores done. That will do it for this week's episode, but in 2 weeks time cuz remember we're doing that now. We will be taking a look at The Fugitive with Harrison Ford, The One-Armed Man. I did not kill my wife. I don't care. I've never seen it. Well, there you go. I've seen the Millhouse adaptation of it. Well, it's longer than that. Oh. And it doesn't feature Millhouse. So look forward to that movie next time. But for this week's episode of Burn Popcorn, I am Mike. And I'm Laura. And we'll talk to you guys again. Us soon. Bye.